Welcome to Thoroughbred Weekly, a uh, winter's day at Rose Hill yesterday for the McKell Cup meeting and uh, it looked as Ipswich always looked up there on uh, Saturday for Ipswich Cup Day. Ronnie Duffersey and Lizzie Jels were with me at Rose Hill. One day you will get to Ipswich. I don't know when, but one day you will. Well, looking at those pictures, I'd love to be there. It looks real fun, doesn't it? It looks <laughs> a lot of fun. It looks like your type of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Uh, a well, a pretty miserable day, miserable day at um, yeah. Rose Hill Gardens yesterday where it was cold, windy, wet track, typical winter racing. Chris Waller, four winners again. Uh, he's just complete dominating the racing, training racing at the moment. There's no doubt about it. No. It, I was actually walking back in with Hugh Bowman after the last and said to him, it's every year we stand here through the winter, four winners this week, four winners last week, four winners on a Wednesday mm. and but consecutive Wednesdays as well. He's just, he he's almost, he's so good that we don't even acknowledge it anymore until mm. you actually stop and say, you know, it's, it's remarkable what he's not only able to do, but year after year and the consistency. Mm. And that's what I think is, tells of a, a very, very good trainer and someone who's got fantastic systems all the way through and I don't want to harp on about it, but it is quite incredible. That's the placement. That's the placement of horses. You know, he, he knows what time of year they should be up and how far they can go into a preparation. They're all, so many horses, but they all got their targets and, and they usually hit the mark. You can say he's got the weight in numbers, but I think what we really should be saying is how remarkable he's been able to sustain this domination over 11 seasons. Yeah, and sure. McDonald had an average day and he rode two yesterday. Yeah, pretty well. <laughs> um, Bernie Cooper was at Ipswich. How was Cup Day? Oh, good morning, guys. Cup Day was outstanding. What can I say? 15,000 people, uh, biggest crowd of the whole carnival in the southeast. Um, we saw more boobs and tats in one day than we see in a whole year normally. Um, we saw Steph Thornton take out the cup and of course her partner Ben Thompson take out the other two features in the eyeliner uh, and the Gay Waterhouse. Um, it was just a great day. We had DJ Bonker after the last, what can I say, fashions on the field. And the beautiful thing about Ipswich day. is you've got 15,000 people there. But 7,000 of those just go to the party. They don't even know the races are on, except when they walk across a track. So 7,000 in the middle for that party, 7,000 to 8,000 on the outside enjoying the races. A really healthy balance, I'm told. And it just <laughs> is the biggest day out for Ips. People what have I been missing? Whole year. <laughs> what have I been missing? <laughs> I told you it was your type of day. How did you do all that with a straight face? Oh. <laughs> You know, like. I was looking forward to hearing what you had to say coming back there. <laughs> 
Tits, tats, and DJ Bunch. What have I better done that? I've got to get there. <laughs> can we go? You've got to get here. Can we go? Can we go quickly to the Ipswich Cup? And uh, here is the replay. Uh, picking him up for the home turn. Happy go, Plucky. No, please roll the tape. Please. Outside, traduces the deepest. Happy go, Plucky's hit the lead in the cup. In good health is gone. So you win, runs home. Likewise, made of ore. Humboldt, Curran, Flasher, lure me in on the outside. Happy go, Plucky. So you win, Flasher, lure me in. Made of ore. Happy go, Plucky on the outside. So you win, Flasher. But happy go, Plucky. Happy go, Plucky's won the cup from So you win, Flasher. Yeah, well, In Good Health and uh, Inverloch set a pretty fast speed, and this horse, Happy Go Plucky, was just able to camp in behind that speed. Look, his form had been faultless. He's a rising eight-year-old from the John Gilmore stable. He hadn't won for a little while, but he'd been in pretty good form. So, you know, it wasn't a, a complete surprise to see him win the cup yesterday. He was just Johnny on the spot in, in the right in the right spot coming to the 600 and because that speed had been so genuine they were always going to tire up front. I think the other run of the race was Flash R because he was 1500 to 2150 and I wouldn't be surprised if you see Flash R go on to a race like the Caloundra Cup but I think a number of these horses will fall away so it is a little bit concerning I guess what we're going to be left with in the Caloundra Club perhaps incentivised which we'll talk <clears throat> excuse me about later um, but all in all it was great to see Johnny Gilmore back at the races we haven't seen him for some time he's been a bit crook um, and his son Corey has been running the show and doing a great job but it was just great to see John there yesterday what a tough horse you know he's, he's won that was his 10th win I think I think Alan Denham had him early on he won five races with him and he hasn't had a spell since August 2019 so that was his 24th run this preparation he's an iron horse he's a an absolute uh, ripper and what an amazing horse that flash r is um, I, I had a look at him when i was up there he was a thousand to fifteen hundred and then he goes to this uh, 2150 here um he's a he's a unique animal in his own right he's a he's a beauty let's hear from uh, john gilmore and steph thornton the boy that rides you work every day a japanese boy called taka he just said, you can't get him any better. He said, he, he worked super on um, Tuesday morning. And he's, he's just gone on and on and on. He's won every year. Two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old and seven-year-old. And he just keeps winning. What a marvel. He'll run, he'll race. A friend of mine said to me the other day, send him to Melbourne, he won a Grand National. <laughs> He probably would too. I think he would jump as well. Yeah. Um, that's his 10th win. He's had 10, 10 seconds in there as well. Yeah, so he always delivers. Honestly, yeah, look, last 10 starts always gets a check. You know? And we haven't seen you. It's such a treat to have you I've at the races. A, I've had a hip replacement. My son, Corey's been doing a marvellous job. And we wouldn't be here today without him. That was brilliant. He, I tell you what, Benny, he was a happy horse. He, was, he looked brilliant in the mounting yard. His last few runs have been really genuine. And... We drew awkward, it was always going to make it a bit tough for him, but he got across well, he, he switches off, he gives himself every chance to, to finish off, and I felt like the winner at the top of the straight, I just needed him to hold him off, and he did. Well, it was a big day for the happy couple uh, after Steph Thornton's uh, victory in the Ipswich Cup. Um, it was uh, Ben Thompson's turn to shine, Bernie. Yeah, it certainly was. And we were always sort of positive about the chances of Snitch. It's quite a good feel-good story, this, actually, because um, 
Snitch obviously was down in the weights yesterday with 54. He had barrier one. Um, we knew the talent, obviously, of Axe. However, Axe was really deep into his campaign. And Amish Boy's partner racing just needs so much luck. So that was him back looking for runs to the inside there now. But Snitch loves room to move. And he got him to the outside here. And he was able to run out of the top of Axe, who's probably sort of getting close to a spell anyway, Axe. But um, TK, or Tony Curry, who actually actually owns Snitch. During the summer we ran a, a charity campaign for a little girl called Abby Sweeper who fell off a pony and was left a tetraplegic. Um, and during the summer TK had said if Snitch won one of those summer features he wanted to give her 5000 Anyway, Snitch couldn't do it in the summer, so um, to Tony's credit, he backed up yesterday, sent Texas to us all, um, saying, still want to give the 5,000 if Snitch can win. So he did win, and I rang Abby's sweeper's dad last night, and he was just over the moon uh, with the five grand. So well done, TK. Very, very generous. That's lovely. Um, Good result there, too, because I think that horse went up $31 on Wednesday, and they never stopped backing it. It was $7.50 at the finish, so someone's got a quid. Uh, so a, a really good result. And Tony Gollan, no stranger to winning uh, uh, eyeliners. Here he was after the race. Mate, that's very scary. This is uh, Zipswitch at its best here today. It's fantastic. Uh, mate, that's great. Um, we come here actually, we're very confident with the horse, to be honest. His first up run was great. He doesn't normally run well first up. And his work since has been terrific. I know uh, Glenn Courtney rides him all his work at home. He was very keen going into this. And I spoke to his owner during the week, Tony Curry. So a nice shout out to him. He couldn't get up here due to the Melbourne. COVID situation and we sort of come here with a, with a lot of confidence, obviously worried about Amish Boy but he did a great job this horse, Ben rode him beautifully and everything opened up nicely. Lovely to come into a race with a, a serious ride like Snitch, he was great first up and uh, he's familiar with the track, doing great in eyeliner two years ago from the same draw, um, he jumped away so clean, I was able to hold a spot a bit close than I anticipated but um, worked out great he, and he loves space and once I was able to sort of follow Billy discreet into the straight and give him plenty of room, he balanced up, gave me a good kick and I was just hoping sort of accident stop in time. Um, thankfully it did and no, really nice to get a, a feature winner on a big day. And then he did it again, the last race of the day, the Gay Waterhouse Classic and this was a real close one Bernie. Yeah, as uh, a lot of the mares races are up here, they're complete blanket finishes. So uh, this little mare was able to sit three deep and win. There probably were a couple of hard luck cases, particularly Blazing Miss, I guess, um, back to the inside and Trepidatious uh, was great. We saw Fleet Dove finish off from a poor draw. And you saw a few of the back markers really rocketing late, which they were entitled to because the speed was really hot in the early stages of this race. But um, tragic that we couldn't have our um, through and through Queenslander John O'Shea there to celebrate. Would have been just his style of race meeting, I think. Uh, but nonetheless, Angela Plum did a great job looking after this mare since Thursday, I think. Yeah, interesting. John O'Shea would have got a kick out of that too because he was training in trepidosis till mm. a month ago when she was sold at the sales and and uh, a head and head go there and his, his other mare wins by a nose, Lillamore. So he would have a little sly grin on his face, I would have thought, but filthy if it went the other way. Yeah, and Lee, that was Lee's first runner, I think. Was that Lee's first runner? First runner, runner yes, yeah, I believe. So he nearly pulled off a big one there, so just a bob of the head. Uh, let's go and hear from Angela Plum, who was looking after Lillamore. He came up to us on Thursday, 
um, and we've just been looking after her for the last few days for John and his team. So they sent her up in excellent order and it's just been a very easy horse to have in the stable and yeah. It was a close finish, wasn't it? Did you think she'd won? I wasn't 100% sure. Obviously, with a um, ex-stable mate and trepidatious running second, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. How much fun is it having a nice Sydney horse come up to the stable and to be able to come out to Ipswich Cup, which has been a mad day? Yeah, it's a lot of fun and it's a great day today, and there's a huge turnout, so it's fantastic to be a part of it. And well, well done, John Some... letting us um, look after his horse for him. She was fantastic. Obviously, very, very well prepared by John O'Shea and his team. Um, she was brilliant first up, and she's such a model of consistency. Uh, I spoke to John this morning and he said that like, oh, she, she, she's going well, um, very push buttons, she said she's genuine, just don't ride her too cute in that if it, if it happens to be, you know, a sit and sprint, she's more one that needs to just roll, he says she's a free roller and just let her do that. Um, I think I took that to a whole new level because I was three wide and face to breeze. So uh, thankfully we got the number in the frame, but I owe John a better ride, I'll be honest, going forward. But uh, she was purely tough and um, too good. Well, they were the three feature races, but the star of the show there at Ipswich is this horse, Incentivise, uh, who won the stayers, uh, provincial stayers uh, handicap. This horse, uh, trained by Steve Tregay, who bolted into Eagle Farm last start, has subsequently been sold, will go to Peter Moody eventually. It races in the Bray Sikowski colours. And where does, where does this end, Bernie? Where does this end for this horse? <laughs> well, we hope in something really, really big. I notice his Caulfield Cup price uh, has been slashed to about $26 and Melbourne Cup price slashed to about 50 to 1, I think. So obviously he needs to get his rating up. But, you know, it's not often we see stayers dominating, even in what you would call low grade, lower grade staying races. I mean, clearly his opposition yesterday wasn't that much, but you saw what he did to the benchmark 80 opposition at Eagle Farm two weeks prior. And just the fact that he's his margins are so incredibly dominating is exciting. Steve Tregay has kept 50% share um, in this horse, but obviously he changed colours yesterday. And you're right, he will go to Peter Moody's. Not sure whether he'll go around the Cloundra Cup yet, but um, just a really exciting horse and just a, a great example of a horse given time, giving time to grow and mature. I mean, he's a rising five-year-old and let's hope that this Queensland bred horse can really star in the spring in Melbourne. He's interesting, isn't he? he oh, he's beat nothing. He's beat nothing. You know, benchmark, what was it, 78 provincial class. But, boy, he's got X factor and he's got a, he's got a decent set of lungs on him because he can be put under pressure to take up a position and then you think he's off the bit and he just keeps running. So um, I think he's, uh, you know, he's the, a people's type of horse, the punter's mm. type of horse. They love a horse like that that can ride the speed and keep finding. Yep. All right, Bernie, uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, next week, uh, the final group one of the season. Hugh Bowman's going to try and win his 100th group one um, before the season's end. No doubt he will get there one day, but can he do it on subpoenaed? That's his ride in the Tats TR. It's shaping up as a good meeting. It's going to be a fantastic meeting. I really hope that he does crack that here in Queensland because uh, we like a headline act and Hugh certainly is one. So let's hope uh, Sapina can do it for him. However, that is going to be one really, really hot race. It's sort of the female version of the Stradbroke, isn't it? It is. It's a great race. Um, a lot of lead-ups to get through and we'll be there to enjoy it with you. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week at Eagle Farm for the Tats Tiara. Those colours uh, we just saw incentivise uh, win in and also what Huey's going to wear on subpoenaed in the Tats Tiara. They've tasted Everest success, of course, with yes, yes, yes. Hmm. And there was movement in the Everest this week.
with two more slots going. So Lost and Running has gone in, Tab Corp have made a move and have locked Lost and Running in, and Inglis, which was predictable that they would go with Guitra. There was a gentleman's agreement from last year that all going well, he would come back and represent the slot again. And if you look back through the four years of the history, it's not often that horses will run twice in a slot. Uh, it has happened and Guitra will do that. Yeah, I think there was a bit, I think when Lost in Running was announced via Tabcorp, I think that the Guitra uh, was definitely cemented that Inglis were going to go that way. But I think there was a bit of tossing around, maybe, you know, Lost in Running was a horse that they were considering as well, Inglis. Mm -hmm. So I think once one, when it was almost a domino effect to, to um, act on Guitra. So yeah, I think they're, they're locking them away early. Yep, and uh, he's a worthy, He's a worthy addition, there's yeah. no doubt. They got I a lot just of... don't know why Eduardo isn't snapped up. Stay patient. Yeah, it's yeah. just deals. It's all deals. I just, I just, you know, find it <laughs> quite amusing. Yeah, it, it, will be, it will be done. It's just, it's just a matter of getting a deal done. Uh, here's the market. Nature Strip 450 is the favourite. Now, Classic Legend, uh, he hasn't been officially named in the slot, but the slot's his because Bon Hoey's owner has a slot. And Les has only got to get him back, and he feels he can. Uh, Mask Crusader has a slot for Whitby and Werrett. And, um, well, Guitra, actually, Lost in Running is firmed in the last yeah, 24, 48 hours. I think it's was $15. Yeah. Now he's into nine. Mm. And Guitra is 15. Now, uh, the three-year-olds hold a lot of interest. We, we, we won't know until they come back. There won't be any movement, you wouldn't think, on the three-year-olds until they come back. And I don't know about this Gran Allegria, the, uh, the, the champion Japanese mare. Yeah, so why, why she's in the market? Has no. there been has there been someone talking about her? Not really. I know I, if there was, and you know, um, I'm sure there'd be a lot of interest if they showed intent they wanted to come here. But no, no, I just think it's just polishes up the market a bit. Yeah, the uh, the Kosciuszko tickets. I don't know what the official date will be when the tickets go on sale. But uh, speaking to Louis Mahike yesterday, he's going to set um, handle the truth for another crack at the Kosciuszko. Why wouldn't you? I think Victorum is going to be set for the race. Uh, they're still eligible, of course. They're, I think um, until you become a 110 rater and above, you are you are eligible as long as you're trained in the country. You can win a Group One and still be eligible as long as your rating is not isn't over 110. Yeah, that's a deep list of Kosciuszko horses. Mm. I mean, we might think we're we're looking at this Kosciuszko. This is a Kosciuszko horse, but then you look at its rating, or, or maybe it's not. Mm. Yes, I think the starting point certainly for the Kosciuszko is your typical country championships horses, mm -hmm. more than the highway horses. Yep. Now, It's Me uh, really bucked that trend because she burst out of nowhere in a very small career. She got it done and she's back in the stable, I believe, or getting close to coming back into the stable after her tendon injury. And Art Cadeau, who you'd think would be suited over further, mm. You only get a crack at, he might only have one crack at a Kosciuszko and, and Terry Robinson's going to keep him nice and fresh for that 1,200. Oh, no doubt, he'd nearly be first up into it, really. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a bit of water to go under the bridge there as well. But they, uh, on the same day as the, uh, the Everest October 16 this year, and we're now just four months away from that big day. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll look at the Rose Hill card.
let's uh, have a look at the first. We're going in order today. Let's go back to uh, race number one on the program at Rose Hill. The two-year-old's over 1,500 metres. And this horse, Royal Zell, had been very well fancied in all of its runs. It got the job done on a heavy track at Kembla. Uh, but both times it was defeated, it was heavily back. Look at this turn of foot on the heavy. Yeah, that's what it was. It was all about the turn of speed, which he had, where the others were all pretty well one-pace type. So he was pretty good winning at Kembla Grange on the wet track, where he showed, you know, the similar type of uh, uh, finishing speed. And then they put the blinkers on him last start, and I think it backfired. Uh, well, it obviously backfired, because the blinkers come off here, and he did a similar type thing. So nice winter two-year-old. He can run 1400s. So, um, yeah, I thought he was quite dominant. No real excuses for deficit. Got held up for a little bit there. I think Raging Bull's going to make the grade, but more so next year. Um, you know, over, over. A, you know, obviously he looks a stayer, being the David Payne typical type of stayer, and he got into a bit of a, he got unbalanced there at the 300 metre mark, and then he sort of surged again late. So. He's got to make the grade, but he's just just raw and doesn't know what's going on at the moment. But he was just too switched on, the winner. Yeah, too switched on. He's um, an out-and-out wet tracker, isn't he, mm. after that performance where he won. And then he probably didn't perform accordingly last start. And I was a little bit worried because Gary said he was going to turn him out. But he said he absolutely flew in the week on a wet track. So he thought, um, you know, I'll put him to the sword and see how he goes. And that was a good move from Gary, a good result in the end. Um, interesting, I was talking to David Payne um, about Raging Bull and he bought him out the paddock, very cheap buy. And it's amazing how he can buy these sort of really reasonable horses and, and get their return really quickly. He's paid for himself after only running in places. So. Yeah. General consensus in the stewards report was most of those horses that were beating a long way didn't handle the track. And you're going to get that right throughout the program. Uh, here's Gary Portelli. That looks like he's uh, he's cup of tea, doesn't it? You know, um, he's ability to switch off and settle, and then when I can see him switch right off about the 600, and um, I didn't know if he was actually travelling that well. And J Mac waited and got him travelling and got him on the right leg as he straightened and waited again, and then as he straightened, he really opened up that acceleration that we saw at Kembla which was very disappointing we didn't see here last start. And whether it was going back from a, a heavy track at Kembla back to a better track here last start, and he was just a bit bit flat, you know, I'm not sure, but um, certainly looks like a swimmer, that's for sure. He was obviously well-trained. He was very fit to get through that going, but when you leg up McDonald, there's just that extra bit, isn't there? Oh, look, he's worth five lengths, you know. He's, uh, you just walk up and say, mate, you know what to do. You know, he watched all these barrier trials. He's done it. He knew the horse. He knows as much about it as I do. And he's just got that sixth sense. He's got the ability that, like a good footballer, you know, they all look the same, but one black scores the tries, and this black sees to do the same. Yeah, he's done a marvellous job. He um, gave me a really sweet ride. Obviously, Gary's done a good job with him in the gates. He, he was first out. I could even even lead on him today. But just let him to come back, let the speed go. And they backed it off during the mid-stages, but hence why I got going a little bit earlier. But he's got a great turn of foot, and he loved those conditions. Uh, benchmark 72, 1800 was race number two, and Wicklow remains unbeaten in Australia. This is three from three. Yeah, and uh, how good is he? I don't know. He's only a baby, you know. He's uh, he's given away six months to the opposition, and he's only a three-year-old. You know, that's with other three-year-olds. But he beats uh, older horses here again. He can only improve. He'll be given every opportunity, uh, being from that stable, to be a good horse in time. Uh, but he's done all that you'd, you'd want to see from him in, in his first Australian racing preparation. Time in, time out. We say, you know, these, these European horses get better at their second Aussie racing prep. So if, that, if that's the case, 
they're probably cooking with some gas. Um, I think he's ready to back this horse, Crystal Pegasus, um, at this time of year, but he looks more of a 2,000, you know, 2,200, even 2,400 metre type. So he'll be, he's another import. He's had, that's his third run back, but he's an older, older, older import. He's a year older. So Chris can probably pick a mark with him. And likewise with Red Santa, I, I thought he, um, this is his time of year as well. But uh, the winner looks very progressive. Very, very progressive. Um, I think that run really took it out of him last start. I uh, would say that he was running, you know, he's pretty lean and light mm. now. He's mm. obviously six months behind and Chris will nurture him and have him looking a million dollars in the spring. And even in the spring, you're probably seeing, you're probably going to see an even better product by the autumn. But what he's doing now is on absolute pure ability. Uh, here's uh, Charlie Duckworth representing Chris Waller for the first of four interviews. He's done a fantastic job. He's probably a bit more talented than I am, though. Um, and look, he's he's done everything we've asked of him. We'll probably just put him away now and, and dream dream of bigger bigger things ahead because he he's obviously quite talented. He's got a bit of building to do physically. Yeah, he does. Look, obviously, he's only three Northern Hemisphere time, and he's going to soon soon to be four down here. So it does make things make things a little bit tough um, tougher for him. But look, he's. He can only only beat what he's up against, and, and he's made three from three. And that that progression he's made is from start to start is incredible. So um, it'll be really interesting to see it here whether whether he's improved again or whether he's just maintained uh, the format of his last win. Pretty painless too today. I just let him fall out, got him comfortable, and once he was able to sort of lob one out, one back in a good rhythm, it was pretty much when I just wanted to push the button on him and um, just let him build through his gears. And he, he got there early and switched off. So still more to give. He's had two pretty um, easy wins, I'd say, going to the line, and I'm sure he's got uh, bigger things to throw in the future. What's your opinion of him moving forward? Do you think that this is the you, you think he'd be better next preparation, or you think he's still got more racing in him after today? I reckon 12 months' time you'll see the best of him. Um, you know, the spring might be a fraction early; he still might get a horse, but I still think when he gets into these sort of you know the autumn carnival next year, you'll probably see a pretty promising horse. But um, that's a Chris to, to deal with. Um, I'm always as happy riding for our leading trainer and. He's, uh, there's none better at placing horses. Uh, race number three, the highway. Well, this was the story of the day. It, you look at Catanzaro's form, and he's obviously going very well, but why, why did he have th over three years off? And Tony McGay wrote a great story on the Racing New South Wales website in the lead-up to this race about how he fractured a sesamoid. And he was given to Ken Parsons. Uh, Ken hasn't got any other horses in work. This is his only horse in work. And there's a, well, he should be unbeaten in this, this preparation in his, in his second life. Yeah, look, he's done an, obviously done a marvellous job with him, you know, with patience, personified. He's a good horse. Well, he's a promising horse, I must say. You know, I know he's a five-year-old, uh, five-year-old rising six, but he's had no racing, obviously, with those, those three years off. But I love the way he, um, he just travelled and owned that race and... One for one fleeting moment, you thought, oh, here comes the favourite, Cavalier Charles. And I don't think he stopped Cavalier Charles. The other horse just kept surging. So wet, dry, this preparation. He's, he'd run fast time at his two previous runs, and so he's obviously adaptable. He's won on a, you know, a good track. He's won on a synthetic track. And now he's won on a heavy track. And he looks a nice horse. Cavalier James will, or Charles will win one of these shortly. Um, he's inexperienced and... I think that's quite a strong highway, actually. I thought the, the first and second horse were definitely yeah. two that you'd be following. I went and spoke to Ken after the race and just wanted to ask him a little bit about where he'd had his injury and he was showing me there's 
he had to he had complications after the injury as well so he's had to really nurse him back to health but he said he's a real handful mm. so he seems like he's one of those horses that is a good one man horse yes. one trainer horse where they can do everything and you get to know them and you know their idiosyncrasies so shows that um you know it doesn't you don't need to be a big trainer to get the results mm. and he's done a wonderful job a real horseman he is a horse he's got galloped on from behind and he's got metal screws in his hind leg yeah well i think they took it out and then they there was a problem where there was uh he was telling me there was a problem uh with the, when they took it out infection and there was and infection and it, yeah had to nurse him back to health so he's done a remarkable job to be where he is well it was the carer connection there ken parsons and also uh, matthew carl he's come through it good you know he's taken plenty of time you know three years in the paddock so it's giving him plenty of time and he's come, he's come good and you've got you were asked to take this horse on yeah yeah everything was done he broke down when he broke down I galloped on the Newcastle. They asked me to, um, would I be interested in taking him? He said he needs, needs to, you know, at least 12 months in the paddock. I said, oh, well, I've got plenty of room, so I'll take him on. <laughs> plenty of room. This is the only horse you train, isn't it? <laughs> it's the only one I train, yeah. To come back and win races like uh, he has been doing, unlucky perhaps possibly not to have another win on the board as yeah. well, um, but to continue the way he's going, this won't be the end of it. No, hopefully. Yeah, he's, he's, he's come good. He just keeps stepping up. Um, you know, Matthew's done a great job on him. And, um, you know, he's going for spell now. Yeah, he had his injuries, um, worries. Greg Ken's been very patient with him. I think he's had two or three years in the paddock. And look, he's a hard horse to handle. Um, other than there, Ken rides him all his slow work. I'll give him a gallop every now and then. Gallop's the easiest part, just let him go. He's a very strong horse. I think it was zero degrees other morning. I was talking to Ken after he worked him, he had sweat dripping off his face right? from the effort of holding him slow. But, <laughs> so he's a big, strong fellow, but he's got better every run, Greg, and that's probably his best win today. I had a concern about the going, not sure how he'd get through that, but he, yeah, he handled it, no worries. Uh, the two at the top of the market battled this race out. It was Lakeen versus No Compromise down the straight. Uh, yeah, look, he's just the strongest stayer here, I think. Um, I don't know if it was the best ride of the day, but it was the smartest. Uh, there's no doubt about that from McDonald. He, he knew Lakeen was his danger. He knew he was back from 2400. He knew he had to make an early move and eyeball him and try and just out-tough him. And that's exactly what happened. Um, you know, there's a two-horse war all the way down the straight. No excuses uh, uh, for Lakeen other than he was just outstayed from a... Um, a tougher horse on the day. With, you know, uh, Lakeem was a month or five weeks between runs. So. I think the winner had more desire to win the race. You might be right. I think it was a smart ride because James eyeballed Lakeen and worried him out of it. And I think the toughness of no compromise uh, was why he won in the end because just Lakeen just lacks that bit of desire and match but he just doesn't really want to do it he's found himself in that position a couple of times now and he hasn't been able to get the job done so they're gonna to have to find a race where they don't get eyeballed I think that's where they can pounce on them mm. at the last minute and I think that's when he'll be winning his races because he's definitely got the talent but it's getting his nose in front at the right time and building the confidence. Kataya the third uh, horse will win one over winter as well I think. Uh, once again here's uh, Charlie Duckworth and James McDonald. There's some big, bigger events in, in his calendar um, compared with today's race, but it was a pretty tough effort and a uh, good ride by James that, that got him the victory today. Obviously circling, circling that far from home was going to make it a staying test and um, yeah, he, was, he was very gutsy late. I think we should always be tempered by winter racing, but there's just something about that winner and Wicklow 
they're better than Whitta Gray. Yeah, they are. They are. And and you know, like I, I think it's particularly hard, especially on on a heavy track with the rail being so far out, um, to come back in distance and then still sit last and then circle them and, and win. So I think you're exactly right. He's he's probably got a lot more than a lot more than just the benchmark grade to offer. Um, obviously, we sort of mentioned whether whether he would be good enough to be a sort of Sydney Cup, and you've got all the time from now, well you've basically got 10 months, but he's only a lowly rating now and you can probably pick up some good prize money between now and then, but um, it's certainly a race that could end up on the radar. It's a little bit slow away, but he um, probably would have ended up there anyway, but he uh, got into a lovely rhythm. I made him do a bit down the side to put him into the race and did a good job to stay on. Let's go to race uh, number five, 1100 benchmark 72. This was for Matthew Dunn and Jason Collett, Magic Ruler. Yeah, he's a neat little horse. He, he won really well first up on a wet track, and, that, and he, like, he was the forgotten horse in the market here. He was big odds, but geez, he, he travelled, he sprinted, um, and he's obviously a real mudlark. He just loves the going. I thought Irish Angel was one of the runs of the day. They didn't go hard here, and they've, they've brushed him pretty quick considering the times on the day. So she's obviously uh, she just regarded her as just a plugging midweek type of mare, but she's come back much, much better. And uh, Miss J Fox give a good side up front. Sally's Day bled from both nostrils, so that's her excuse uh, there. But uh, I don't know whether he's, he, he's just a neat little sharp horse who can really sprint on the wet tracks. He is a mudlarker. Yeah. <laughs> he loves the wet. He's, he is a neat little um, dot of a thing. They do a good job to keep the condition on him, but he's won really impressively on two heavy tracks that I've seen, and he skips through it. And that's exactly what Jason Collett said. He said he is just loves this that's going. And here is Matthew Dunn and Jason Collett. The gelding's obviously done the trick. He's uh, a much better racing product now and uh, sort of stopped him last preparation. A little bit um, disappointed with the way that he was going and um, the ultimate gear change, of course, and um, some, uh, some very cooperative owners, uh, Hutchins family, and we're happy to, 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 uh, to turn him into a racehorse, and here he is. Lovely ride by Collett to, uh, to take that short cut up the inside. Yeah, for sure, and there was some talk that maybe the inside wasn't quite as good as uh, the middle, but uh, I think he proved that, uh, that, that it, if you do go in there, if you, Full head of steam. He's, he obviously gets through the ground well. As also, he went on a heavy track first up this preparation. But uh, no, he's a he's a really nice little horse, and uh, he's turning into an, uh, an even better horse as he moves through his prep. Uh, look, good effort by the little little fellow, I should say. He's not overly big. Um, look, he skipped through the ground. He's, he's puts himself in the right spot and make, makes your job easy. But yeah, look, he, he really did his, his action. He, he, he swum, basically, is the best way I put it. Yeah, best. He's a, he's a much better horse when he gets he's able to get his toe into the ground. So he's going to be suited over the next few months. Look, he should he be in for a, uh, a good winter, that's for sure. Uh, Paper Warrior going into uh, this race had been runner-up twice. It had been over a year between drinks for Paper Warrior, who gets the job done. Yeah, but he'd always shown a liking for wet tracks. He had a beautiful weight drop here, and he found the right backs. As soon as Tycoon is surprisingly led, even though he has led in one in the past, but he just slipstreamed him, didn't he? Sat on his back, sat on his back, and got him in the last couple of strides. Tycoon is... Uh, was obviously the world tried runner. He was beaten, but I think far from disgraced. He he was just beaten by a horse that had a, a better uh, run on his back there. Count de Rupi was solid. I think your old mate's ready to win one on a drier track. Matter Wataka. 
pee. <laughs> Matawatapi. Off the tongue. <laughs> yes, he is. I think I went off for one run too early, but he has come back in terrific order. Another one I think is going really well is the import uh, Ashim. I think mm. he put up a good performance, nice looking horse, paraded well. Follow him. Ashim for Matthew Smith having its first start in Australia. Here is uh, Kieran McAvoy along with Charlie Duckworth. He probably should have won a lot more times than he has in his career so far. Um, but look, he, he lo loves the wet track and he had to really dig deep to, to get past the tough tycoonist in the, in the concluding stages. Um, but look, he's, Sir Owen Glenn's been a good supporter of the stable. That's good, good to get a result for him. He was in front tycoonist, but he couldn't have got things any better. No, he couldn't. Um, I thought they might, might have passed him and we weren't sort of going to be intending to be as far forward. But I think just the way, way he began, he was um, put the writing on the wall as to how, how he uh, ended up being ridden. Um, but look, he, he got a soft enough time in front and kicked, but was just probably outlasted on a heavy track and Tycoonus has failed on that surface before. We had a nice trail, he began nicely and at the 350 I thought we were home and hose. And then at the furlong I could feel him thinking, hang on, what do we do now? And then at the 100 he, he was up and going and, and powered away, so it was nice to get him home, uh, as you said, a few seconds and thirds in the last couple of preps, but um, that was his race today. Did revel in the going, I must admit he, um, he enjoyed it and perfect time of year for him. Hopefully he can string something together and um, you know nothing like a win to get their confidence up. So yeah, nice time of year for him. Uh, let's go to the feature race of the day. The listed Mikel Cup over 2,000 metres. Stockman has now had four starts on the heavy for three wins in a second. Yeah, he's an iron horse and he'd had a busy schedule leading into this. I think he'd made race four of the past five weeks. So he finally got the brakes. He got the barrier and he could race closer. He'd been, you know, not a lot's gone right for him in this preparation. So, and he delivered the goods. He owned this race. He has hands and heels, bit of a shake up and uh, too good for him. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of him, even though it's his first win in over 12 months. Burdebeck, well, on face value, you'd say he's the horse you want to take out of the race because he's early in his preparation. He's got a few tricks. Sometimes he misses a start there. He wanted to look at him here. He, he, he's, he was going to burst through here, but he wants to do not go straight and hang and and run into the rail. And he, he he's got all sorts. Every trick in the book. Uh, look at him here. He just doesn't want to go straight. But uh, he, you know, he'd be a beautiful Grafton Cup type of horse at the stage of the uh, preparations he's in. Um, or even, I don't know whether John wants to take him to the Sunshine Coast or what. Parry Sound did his thing, battled on. Uh, brutality was okay. The big disappointment was the World Tried Approach Discreet, who a lot more was expected from him. They just ran, ran along so strongly, they made it into such a, yes. a strong staying test. That's why it suited a horse like Stockman, For didn't sure. it? And that's probably, you know, the tale of, it, of the whole race. I think. Uh, when you're looking at Stockman going forward, you just need to see a race where there's good tempo and, and, and a wet track. Mm. Joe Pride said that before the race, he had two runners. He wanted a strong staying test for one of them and a slightly lesser staying <laughs> test for the other <laughs> one. Well, he got the staying test for uh, Stockman and got the money. Here's Joe. You can see a long way out the Stockman was pretty comfortable and he just relishes those heavy tracks and it's the first one he's, he's hit this time around. And, and because he was back in distance it felt like a bit more than 2,000 a day, didn't it? It did, yeah. You know, it, was, um, it, it worked out absolutely perfectly for him. I had maybe designs of going to the two mile race next week but I'd say he'll be weighted out of that now so yeah. he might go up to the uh, Sunshine Coast for their, for their 2,400. It's always wet up there. First thoughts on brutality? I thought he ran quite well. He, he pulled quite hard early in the race and uh, you can see him there tossing his head around and then 
the way they'd strung it, I thought he was no hope, but I, I was quite happy with the way he actually ran on him. I thought he did a pretty good job, but he's look at, I sort of set him for that coast, and since then it's been a bit of a, a mixed preparation. Might be time to give him a little a little rest because he's got plenty of upside to him, but it, it might come next preparation. But I'll get him home and have a look at him, see how he is. A really talented horse, and um, you know he's been racing really in really good form this um, campaign. And um, yeah, like you said, last time he won, I, I think I strung two in a row on him, maybe nearly over a year ago. So it's good to see him back in the winners' circle because um, he's been racing well, as I said. And uh, when the barriers came out, it was a bit of a concern dropping back from 2,400 to 2,000, but. When the barriers came out, I was just really confident that he wasn't going to have to give away that three or four lengths at the start, but hold a spot, and the race just panned out perfect for him. Uh, Sam Clipperton there winning the feature on uh, Stockman, and he got a well-needed double on the day. When we come back, we'll have a look at his uh, next winner, race straight after on Expat here on Thoroughbred Weekly. So it was uh, Sam Clipperton and Mark Newnham combining in the very next race. After taking the McKell Cup, Sam Clipperton was at it again in front here on Expat. Yeah, classic case of sometimes speed horses are better drawn out wide in comparison to last start where she was beaten to the punch. But you learn from your mistakes and took no prisoners here, Sam. Very aggressive um, and just run them ragged. Um, I, I thought... There was a couple of good runs in the race. Bluchi Bay was so gallant. Uh, she she was 1300 wet track, uh, th big weight, and um, I, I thought she she's flying. Just didn't run it out. Miss Einstein was terrific early in her preparation. Saigon battled on. Let's talk about this favourite, Catelyn. You didn't like her because of obviously it was an ordinary parade on a cold day. She was sweaty and and not herself. She she looked very progressive at her first run back after injury. So. What do, you, what do you say? We, 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 is she just a yard watch from here on in, or do you, do you think she might be overrated? Uh, no, I think she's just a yard watch. I think mm. she just had an off day. It was simple as that. I think that um, she, some horses just turn up to the races and they're not in the mood for it, and mm. she wasn't in the mood, and she showed that down the back apparently as well as in the parade ring. I, I only saw her in the parade ring, and I, I asked her strapper, and she said, yeah, down the back, she was not happy being saddled up. Okay, could she have been in season or something like that? She or? could have. She didn't look like she was, though. I think. How, how she... many how many horses did you see get hot there yesterday? One. one. It was one. Just one. her. Because yeah. it's, it's quite incredible to think that it was freezing cold and they're standing in the middle of the manning yard and yeah. they're, they're sweating. Yes. It's a total forgive because first run on a wet track, yep. she was aggressive in a, fast, a pretty fast race, she was dropping out, and then she rallied again late. Yeah, uh, and she had a gap between runs as well. You've also got to remember, she came back first up and she'd come back from a long injury layoff as well. So mm. she'd had, sometimes they almost forget a little bit about what racing's all about mm -hmm. and they have that run and then it reminds them and it buzzes them up and they yeah. think I'm a racehorse again and, and then they have a bit of a gap in between runs and it can just take one thing to set them off. Mm. Well put. And that's, that's all it was. It looked, she's obviously very talented. She's showed that first up. She's returned sound and in good order. And this is probably just a little bump in the road. Mm. And prior to that, prior to her walking in earlier in the day when I interviewed Nassim, he was, he was worried about her handling a heavy track as well. On yeah. top of that, that, that was the first negative. Uh, yeah, forgive her. Here's uh, Mark Newnham. That's her a little bit. I think Sam was better for having a ride on her the other day. Um, she's not a filly you can ride pretty. Uh, so today I said, look, use a pace, lead. Um, she hasn't got much change up speed, but she's very genuine. She does the rest. Yeah, exactly. She's a real trier. She gets through the ground well, so she should have a good winter. 
And um, what about the future for expat? Oh, look, she's kept improving. I mean, 12 months ago, I didn't think she was going to win a race. Mm -hmm. The trials, the first two trials were terrible, and she went to Gosford and won at 50s. So, um, no, she's kept improving, and we've sort of worked her out now that she's a she's a one-pace sprinter. A lovely horse to ride for a jockey's point of view because she shanghais the barriers and puts herself right there and, you know, leads at a nice clip and had to do a little bit of work. I know the sort of pace dropped out of the race and I thought we'd get there a bit easier than that, but, um, you know, I got a nice breather there for a furlong and a half mid-race and then I ramped the speed up again sort of at the 550 and she sensed the horses coming, she sensed the challenges and she just finds another gear and um, she's very tough. I think actually she's bred to get over a distance. Maybe that's why she's, you know, got such good stamina. So um, she put the riding on the wall last start and very pleased to get the result today. Uh, last race of the day, it was the fourth win for Chris Waller. Uh, first and only win for Hugh Bowman on the day. Charlie Duckworth men mentions in the uh, post-race interview that a lot more was expected earlier on in the career of Oscar Zulu. So maybe now he can do something. He can. It was a, a bit of a leader-dominated race. Nothing made ground here. One, two, three, pretty well all the way. But um, Bowman just took no prisoners, straight up outside the lead, got the job done, a confident ride. Wairi Falls had his chance, Jamara did her thing on speed, tries hard, um, criminal code wide, no cover, one out of five lame, another day for him. What did you make of the race? I thought there was a few horses you could follow from a yard uh, perspective. Harpo Marks has still got improvement. Badush, he, on, in hindsight, he's probably um, just needed that run to toughen him up and here find a race. Shuffle up, um, again, looks amazing. There's a race in him, definitely, this preparation. Um, and I know I keep saying this about... Um, you know, I, I think that there's... There's plenty of horses in behind. If they find their right race, they're going to be well suited over the coming months. Mm. OK, let's uh, go and hear from uh, uh, Charlie Duckworth and uh, Hugh Bowman. We spoke a couple of weeks ago um, after he won and, um, and we sort of said then that, look, he probably hasn't reached, reached the peaks that, he, that we thought he was originally capable of. Um, but look, now that he's got confidence in his, on his side, he, he, well, he put them away with ease today. Not sure exactly where, where he'll end up, but um, it was good, good to get Huey aboard, who's, who's good friends with the owners, so um, I'm sure they'll all be happy. He might have won a Darwin Cup for them in those colours and came back with some uh, crocodile shoes. That's exactly right, and still rides in a crocodile saddle, so I'm, I'm sure right. it'll mean a lot to them. Good day for the stable today with four winners. Yeah, great day, great day. Um, this is the sort of bread and butter for, for, for Chris and his, his team, is, is the Saturday, Saturday Rose Hill meetings through winter and just keeping racing 52 weeks a year. It's, um, it's, a, it's a long haul, but it's well worth it. His win last start was had a bit of authority about it but um, I think he really enjoyed the conditions today and he, he jumped and a bit more settled today than last start just viewing last start's uh, footage but uh, gave himself every chance and uh, delighted to win for Viv Oldfield my good friend and Maz it's a uh, real thrill. So they, they're friends of yours you wrote a Darwin Cup winner for them is that right? I did Light in the Night who used to be trained by initially by John O'Shea and did well here in Sydney but went up there and won in track record time and that was a big thrill and it's always great to put the colours on and obviously Chris has had this horse from the outset and he, he showed nice potentially, it's never going to be a you know a, a black type horse but he showed nice potentially, he's been very well managed by Chris and he's now a two time Saturday winner in Sydney and looking forward to more. And he bolted in in a Darwin Cup light in the night, mm. um, one by half the length of the straight. Uh, big news um, 
just to end the show, uh, during the week, uh, Dominic Perrottet, the Treasurer, the Racing Minister, uh, Kevin Anderson, and also uh, Peter Volandis and Russell Balding, they were all there at Scone to make this huge announcement, a $67 million uh, injection into country racing for infrastructure. There's going to be a lot of money spent on Scone. 600 stables are going to be built. Now, in the future, it's going to be a training mecca, which I suppose in the horse capital of Australia, it should be. I think it's common sense, and it's great that the government's, you know, finally getting right behind racing, especially in the country area, spending a few bucks, because uh, we've really picked our game up there the last 10 years, and with prize money and whatever, that's all done now. So now we've got to look after the tracks and build some more infrastructure and... I think it's a marvellous, uh, marvellous announcement. You're 100% right. Prize money is going along nicely. It didn't need another injection right now. No, but it was the, infrastructure. It was infrastructure. Yep. And, and Musselbrook, and there's going to be clubs all over New South Wales. There'll be a full list and the amount that's going to be spent on, on all tracks right throughout New South Wales, or on many tracks right throughout it, it New South Wales. It seems as though the model going forward is to be more rural and, you know, with the city bases maybe will become a... a a bit less uh, where training will take place. Maybe that's the, the model for the future if there's 600 you know, boxes being put up. Mm. That's the case where you know, more trainers will start moving out to those country bases. And I know it hasn't, hasn't hurt a lot of those trainers that have been able to do that. And the country areas, we need, we need it to be healthy uh, with a lot of trainers because that builds young jockeys. Um, you know, more young trainers. That's right. And once we forget about an area and think it's all a big city sport, mm. we're not going to generate the people that make our industry. Yeah, yeah. Well, all the, I mean, you never, we don't train in, in the middle of London and England, you know. No, that's no. right. It, they train in that's Newmarket right. and Lambourne and, you know, up in the north as well. So it's all out in the country area or more rural areas. Yep, and that is the show, um, final show of the uh, season next week. Uh, 90 minutes where we'll wrap up uh, Sydney Racing and also the final Group 1 of the year, the Tats Tiara. Yeah. It's going to be a is, ripper race. That is yeah. it. It'll be a little bit quieter mm. uh, than uh, what Which the Queenslanders put up with <laughs> yes. uh, yesterday. <laughs> and that's it. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.